Just a short time ago, we weren't sure if there would be any more basketball this year. Well, folks, that all changes this week as we enter the NBA bubble. Good afternoon and welcome to the podcast. I'm Nick Drago. Today on the show, joining us from off the bench is Jorge Pajares to talk all about the NBA bubble and who we think is going to win the championship. Stick with us, friends, because sports, sports, sports starts now. Welcome, welcome to the Sports 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 Podcast with me, your host, Nick Drago. For the first time in four months, we can actually talk about real sports that are happening. And so, the NBA bubble, the, the restart commences. 22 teams enter, and only one will emerge victorious. And so that's what we'll be talking about today. And if you like what you hear, you can find me on SoundCloud, Twitter, YouTube, and the Facebook. Just type in Sports 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 with Nick Drago. That's me. You can also email me directly, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com, and find us on all your favorite podcasting apps. You know, the Spotify, the uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, iHeart, all those fun ones. So joining me right now on the show is Mr. Jorge Pajares from the podcast Off the Bench. And let's... uh. Let's have him come in and join us now. Jorge Pajares, a.k.a. Florida Man. Welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great, Nick. Thanks for having me. It's been a very long time since I've been on Sports, Sports, Sports. It has been a long time. We've kind of like, we sort of quarantined ourselves from having guests on the show. (laughs) Um, I know it doesn't make sense to you, and it shouldn't even make sense to me, and it doesn't. So that's what's happening in my world. Um, well, as long as we're practicing social distancing, then yeah, we're actually in the okay. same room right now. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> this other guy in the corner, that guy right down there, him and I were in the same room. Actually, are we wearing the same hat? I kind of like that. Oh, like representing weird. Hartford here as mm. we do it. Go Hawks! Caw caw! All right. There we go. Uh, and of course, I don't mean the Atlanta Hawks, who are not playing in the NBA bubble. No, of course. Um, I have my notes here and everything. I know we're talking basketball today, mm-hmm. so uh, this way I can at least keep up with with everything you say. I didn't know there was a team called the Seventy Sixers, to be honest. Oh, um, I mean, you know, it's tough. It's been it's been what four four months since we had last NBA game, uh, and I, I think we're, we're overdue for some more NBA basketball. Yeah. What uh, What are you most excited for? I'm excited to see whether LeBron James can pull it off and bring a championship to the Lakers. Okay. All right. This is, I feel like this is his last, his like last great chance to win a fourth championship. Yeah, I would agree. He actually led the Lakers from 
being a lottery team last year mm-hmm. to the number one seed in the West right now with only eight games left to play. He's a front runner for MVP right now. And that's there's very little you can argue on that point. LeBron's been pretty much doing everything he can for that Lakers team. And he's especially more motivated now that he has Anthony Davis. Now with this NBA bubble, he's got J.R. Smith, his old buddy from Cleveland, back, back next to his side, <laughs> forgetting what the score is. <laughs> yeah, hopefully uh, J.R. Smith's learned from some of his mistakes. You know, I, I feel like LeBron's going to be healthy. He's going to go superhuman. Mm-hmm. Um you know, th- like I said, he's, he's 35 years old. He's got Davis. Davis is probably going to lock up a long-term contract with the Lakers. Although you never know. I think his uh, opt-out is next year. Um, but, you know, they have some some key players who are starting to show signs of age. You know, Howard, Rondo, Danny Green. Um, and so because of that, I, I feel like, Oh, and they, and they lost Avery Bradley. That that hurts them a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I do. I I feel like not that this is his last chance, but this is probably the the best team he's going to have. You know, over the next few years, especially for the Lakers. I mean, once the Lakers sign Anthony Davis that long term deal, it's going to be very difficult to try to bring in more veterans on team friendly deals to help compete uh, with, with the rest of the West, and especially with the Clippers, with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George mm-hmm. right next door trying to supplant them as the new king of L.A. Yeah. I like what the Clippers have done, except for Lou Williams. I don't like what he's done. Did you oh, hear about he, this? <laughs> he, he went, correct me if I'm wrong, he went to a gentleman's club for their wings. <laughs> And Is told that why the NBA went? officials he had a family emergency. Now, I don't know about you, Mr. Drago, but if I tell my employers I have a family emergency, I don't think it's going to take place in a gentleman's club <laughs> for I, wins. <laughs> I can't say that a family emergency for me would take place in a gentleman's club, but I can say without a doubt that it would absolutely involve wings. And, and if my bosses don't know that about me, that's a problem in itself. <laughs> well, if they know, if they didn't know, then they know now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, I have to say, I do, I do like some of the, the things the Clippers are the Clippers. Wow, Clippers, <laughs> Lakers. Some of the things the Clippers are doing. You know, Reggie Jackson, Joaquin Noah. They're going to play bigger roles. Um, you know, yes, they're going to lose Patrick Beverly. Left the bubble. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lou Williams left the bubble. But uh, between George and Kawhi, you know, and and even Doc Rivers, I mean, he's been keeping the communication up big time in the locker room. I I think everybody in that, everybody on that team is committed to winning a championship right now. Um, I definitely agree with that. Uh, Kawhi is definitely motivated. And it's, I think most people amongst the NBA circle are expecting a Lakers Clippers Western Conference Finals, and that would be a real interesting look at how good of a coach Frank Vogel really is compared right. to the veteran of veteranship of Doc Rivers. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree. 
And, and you know, you can't, um, you can't discount the Clippers bench either. Mm-hmm. You know, they're averaging the, the bench is averaging 51.5 points right now. And that's the second highest in NBA history. And number one was last year's bench when they didn't have Paul George and they didn't have Kawhi Leonard. And last year they averaged like 50, I want to say it was 53 points per game. Right. Pretty that's, crazy. That's pretty much one of the biggest strengths the Clippers have over the Lakers is that they have, even without Patrick Beverly, they're still deep. Yeah. And they've got a, a ton of players that can come in and relieve Kawhi of, of not playing 30 over 30 minutes per game, close to 40. Uh, Kawhi can play 30 at most 30 minutes and still be as productive as he can be. And mm-hmm. same thing with Paul George. Uh, Mar- I believe Marcus Morris is still he's he's in the bubble, so he's going to be a yep. huge factor. He can be a sub for either one, either superstar, and he's and, and the Knicks as much as they wanted to not give him up. <laughs> He is a he is a producer off the bench, automatic twenty points. Yeah, yeah, I think he's a he was a big pickup for them. Um, is do you feel that there is a different team in the West? Any other teams in the West that could um, challenge this All Lakers Western Conference Final? If they're able to get in, whether it's through supplanting Memphis as the eighth seed or beating Memphis in this new playoff win and get in format where the ninth seed, if they're within three games, has to win two in a row against the eighth seed. The eighth seed just has to win that one game. If the Portland Trailblazers find their way into the playoffs with a motivated Dame Lillard, Motivated CJ McCollum and definitely a motivated Carmelo Anthony. Mm-hmm. I could see them pulling off an upset. And if they catch the Lakers with LeBron on the bench and they go on a run, and that's one thing I've noticed in these scrimmages, looking at some of the games I could, the, the Lakers, when LeBron James is on the bench, are very beatable. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I would agree. I think the, the Trailblazers are the the worst best team in the league right now, or the best <laughs> worst team in the league. I, I don't know how you want to put it, but I agree. McCollum and, and Lillard together are dynamic. Melo, I, I, he's not he's not superstar. You know what was it? Hoodie? He's not hoodie Melo anymore. Hoodie Mello. But um, you know what? He definitely is having the best season he's had since he's left the Knicks. Right. Um, and I, all power to him. I think the Trailblazers could, I don't know about upsetting the Lakers, but I think they could make some noise. I think they will get into the playoffs. Right. Um, they the could only, definitely make it a six or seven game series. It won't be yeah. easy for the Lakers, but no. it's definitely going to be tough and it's going to be a grind to get through. There's only one other team in the West that I really see challenging. And I know everybody likes to talk about the Nuggets and the Jazz, but I, I really like the Rockets. Mm-hmm. I know, I know their defense isn't great. I know they, uh, they really haven't. I mean, they, they, it's when was the last time they went to the Western conference finals two years ago, three years ago. Um, I'd say about that. Yeah. Yeah. So they're a few years removed. But 
from November to January, James Harden was averaging 39 points per game, shooting 66%. I mean, he became like a god on the court. He's, <laughs> he's lost all this weight now. He's like, he, he's just, I think he's committed and he's well rested because they were gassed by the time, by the time that we were hitting the, um, let's say early March, the Rockets were gassed. Westbrook was looking, you know, his usual decent, good, you know, whatever you want to call it. But I think the two of them, um, the two of them together, getting all of that rest is going to go very well. Plus they have Robert Covington in the lineup, uh, which makes them much better than they were earlier in the season. Yeah. I mean, I can totally see that just the, the entire, all these months off we've had where James Harden can actually rest now and he's fully, he's fully resting. He's, I guess, not a hundred percent as in he had any injuries, but as you mentioned, he, that team was gassed. Mike, the way Mike, Mike D'Antoni runs that team, mm-hmm. Harden is going to go for 40 plus minutes and try to get as many points as he can. He's, he's, I believe his little version of Steve Nash that can actually has a better range but not the uh, but the assist will go, just go straight to Westbrook. Westbrook can just have a triple double any game he wants, and all Harden has to worry about is shooting. He doesn't have to worry about distributing, rebounding. He doesn't have to be the main center of the team. Westbrook can handle distribution. He can handle the rebounding. He can do it all, and he doesn't yeah. even have to score more than thirty points. He you can. He has the the potential to. But Westbrook is going to leave all that to Harden. And the best thing about that team, I, I would say, is that they have incredible chemistry from playing with the Oklahoma City Thunder back when they were younger. Yeah. I mean, the, the, they basically already know. They know their ins and outs. They know their strengths and weaknesses. I wasn't sure how the experiment would work, putting them back together again. I mean, it really makes, you know, you think about like the old Thunder with like, Harden and Westbrook and, and Durant really makes you like kick your kick yourself in the head. Like why the <laughs> hell they couldn't win a championship with those three? Right. Um, obviously, they're much better developed players now than they were then. I'd argue all three of them are better players now than they were. God, that was ten years ago. You oh know, yeah, that makes me a little sad. I'm gonna <laughs> jump out that window now. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just transitioning to the East. I mean, yeah. Why are the Wizards even invited to the bubble? I mean, Bradley Beal isn't even there. I don't. I can't even think of a single player that is that that you should watch to even help the Wizards in these eight games, a stretch of eight games, to even challenge for the eight seed. It looks it looks as if it was just a courtesy. Like, well, you're the ninth seed anyway, even though you're five games back. You yeah. just you you just made the cut. So here's a little a little courtesy invite for you. <laughs> I will say, technically, the Wizards have a better they have a better chance. I think their odds are better to get into the playoffs than the Suns. Yes. Um, however, <laughs> so the name of the game for the Wizards, I actually. So you're going to laugh at this. I have more notes here about the Wizards than I do about the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's because I know more about the Lakers. I don't really know, but I'll tell you everything I know about the Wizards right now. They're sure, going to be focused Lord. on developing young talent. So Thomas Bryant is going to be the big name for them. He's uh-huh. slowly been improving in every statistical category. 12 points, 6.8 rebounds, 1.9 assists. 
and that's only 23 minutes per game. Um, well, Mo Wagner, he's the other young big man who's going to be getting a lot of minutes for them, um, more, more so than he did with the Lakers. And he's been looking pretty good from the three point line. And that gives them some options from down low. Um, for, for the wizards though, they're just going to throw out a bunch of lineups and see whatever sticks. And that's going to basically be what they do next year when they have John Wall and they have Bradley Beal and they have an actual team again. Well, you know, it would be it would be an interesting story if these random lineups they throw out to just to develop <laughs> players suddenly is enough to supplant a Brooklyn Nets team that what seems like half their roster decided not to attend the bubble and would just supplant them as <laughs> as the final eight seed. Uh, but with Brooklyn, I mean, Karis Levert, he's going to carry that team, but Washington. It's going to be interesting, and it almost seems like an unfair advantage that the Wizards have over other lottery teams like the Bulls and the Knicks, who also want to develop their young talent. Yeah. But now they have to wait until who knows when to even test, to even practice with their draft picks. And the Wizards are taking full advantage, as as you suggested, putting creating different lineups. And figuring out which young player can can they build around John Wall and Bradley Beal, and which young player maybe they can put in with a first round pick and deal for another veteran player that can help mm-hmm. push them and become make them become a playoff team again. Hey, you make a good point. You, there are young teams like the the uh, who are we talking about? <laughs> like the Bulls. <laughs> Young teams like the Bulls, young teams like the Knicks that are going to be, uh, they're going to be struggling to get players, develop players. Yeah. Um, Especially and, if you're if you're a Knicks team that you just you're fi- you just got a new head coach in Tom Thibodeau, and now you're trying to figure out which of these young players can fit with his coaching style. <laughs> Are you trying as, to bait as me aggressive as his Knicks? coaching style is <laughs> Are you trying to bait but, me into talking about the Knicks Because it's working <laughs> Do you like the Thibodeau thing? I, I don't know I'm on the, the fence th- just, The Thibodeau hiring is interesting Because he does bring that defensive Aggression that you want from the, That really was successful in the 90s With yeah. the Knicks and this is amazing news if you're Frank Nilakina. Because if you had hired anyone else, they would have wanted a, a point guard that can definitely pass, can definitely shoot. <laughs> but with Thibodeau, he's all about that defense. And what's the one thing Knicks fans know is that Frank Nilakina can play yeah. defense. Yes. So this is great news for Frank Nilakina. Dennis Smith Jr. may be shaking his, in his boots. Uh, Alfred Payton may be shaking his boots because now you have a 22-year-old Frank Milikina. Tom Thibodeau could say, you know what, I'm going to make him my new Derrick Rose and see if I can develop him into it. And 22 years old is still fairly young. Yeah. Especially in the NBA. So Tom Thibodeau might actually survive the five years if he gets Frank Milikina and R.J. Barrett, right? I I would argue that in the NBA – a lot of players don't develop until they're in like year four, year five. Mm -hmm. And that's just around the point that, that Frank Milikina is hitting. Yeah. Um, I think Mitchell Robinson 
absolutely has a future. Um, RJ Barrett, I mean, it's still too soon to tell, but you know, for the most part, he was probably one of their best players all season. Right. Not saying much, but he's not. <laughs> um, Kevin Knox is their small forward from, I believe, a year ago. But yeah. he's 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 more of a project than anything. He's 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 not really a shoe win starter. Yeah, it's a he shame because I really liked Kevin Knox. I I feel like he just didn't get a good shot. Yeah. Um, no, I, I agree. He he's definitely a guy that might start off in the if if this whole COVID situation clears its way by the time next season starts, I could see Kevin Knox going down to the G League. Just for just just to help him develop a bit, because clearly the the lights of Madison Square Garden were a bit too bright for the young yeah. lad. But yeah. uh, back to the NBA uh, bubble with the <laughs> East. <laughs> with the East, I, I, it's tough for me to to pick a team because Toronto surprised everyone. No one expected Toronto to be to be as good before the shutdown as they were after losing Kawhi Leonard, Pascal Siakam is turning out to be a big star in Toronto. And that, that just changed the entire dynamic of the, the direction of that team. Giannis really hasn't taken the mantle as the East, the King of the East. Boston is still there with Kemba and Gordon Hayward. There's, they can be a, a sneaky little team that can upset a lot of people. And it's it's going to be interesting to see what happens. Philadelphia, they're sort of still figuring things things out. You're not too sure what kind of Philly team you would get on a certain night where it it could be Joel Embiid is having a great game. He's 20 and 10. Tobias Harris is having a great game. But the inconsistency is always there. Yeah, And that's the scary thing with the 76ers if you're a Philly fan. That they're, they're, they can be inconsistent. Hopefully, within these eight games and the playoffs, they can keep it together and they can make some noise. But it's really tough to say, oh, like automatically Milwaukee's going to go in because Giannis really hasn't. He's shown that he's obviously a great talent, but he hasn't shown I'm the new LeBron of the East. This is my <laughs> conference to to just own year in and year out. I mean, he's got to make a finals first before yeah. he could start calling himself the LeBron <laughs> of the East. You know, I, I mean, I agree with most of the things you're saying. Um, the Sixers really scare me a lot with Joel Embiid because the guy can never stay healthy. Yeah, Ben Simmons can shoot threes now, kind of. Um, <laughs> although I think they're playing, they're playing him at small forward. They moved Horford to the bench, like they're trying to change things up a little yeah. bit. Um, I agree. The Celtics are sneaky. You never really know with uh, Tatum and, and um, Oh my God. Who's the other guy? Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Plus you have Marcus smart. You know, they have, they, they probably have the most complete team in my opinion in the East. Um, But they too have yet to prove themselves. Um, The Raptors, what I, what I will say I like about the Raptors, they haven't had a single positive COVID test. (laughs) <laughs> fully healthy team, right? Um, they actually have a better winning percentage this year than they did last year with Kawhi Leonard on the team. So maybe that says something. I don't know. It turns out they have a lot more stars than than just Kawhi, and they've survived pretty well. Yeah, it turns out Nick Nurse is actually a pretty good head coach. Who would have thought? 
knew, yeah. who knew that he, it wasn't just all Kawhi? Nick Nurse actually is a pretty good strategist. <laughs> I have a theory that like 50% of the head coaches in the NBA have no idea what they're doing and just exist to agree with the superstars on their team. And listen, David Fisdale already got fired, so we, we can't we can't besmirch his name any longer. <laughs> oh, David Fisdale. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, we're not going down that rabbit hole. No. <laughs> right. So the the Bucks, mm-hmm. I I still think the East isn't as clear cut as the West. I, yeah. I you know, the West. It, you when you look at the West, you see two really complete teams in the Clippers and in the Lakers. Yeah. I don't think the Bucks are a complete team, but they had a hundred and one point six defensive rating this year, and that's the highest in the league by a lot. It's not just about Giannis anymore, right? Mm-hmm. They have Chris Middleton, who did a whole All Star campaign. They have Eric Bledsoe. Um, they've beaten opponents. I thought this was a cool stat. So the Bucks have beaten opponents by an average of eleven point three points per game. That's the fifth most in NBA history. And uh, I'm going to read the teams. That have had higher than that. Uh, the 72 Lakers, 71 Bucks, the 96 Bulls, and the 2017 Warriors. Jorge, what do you know about those four teams? Championships, championships, championships. Bingo. <laughs> uh, doesn't mean the Bucks are going to win, but those are some pretty high pedigree, pedigree teams to be associated with. No, it's definitely definitely good company to be on. That's why in my NBA bubble prediction video and episode on the Off the Bench podcast with my boy Roland, I predicted that the Los Angeles Clippers would emerge as the Western Conference uh, champions against the Milwaukee Bucks. But as I mentioned there, Milwaukee hasn't really impressed me that much to make it uh, to make it seem as if they're dominant. It's going to be a tough road to the finals. And I see Kawhi Leonard one-upping LeBron and getting the first championship for LA, but this time for, for the Clippers. (laughs) (laughs) I actually, I I think I I have to agree with you. I think the Clippers are going to win it. I'm not as uh, confident in the Bucks. I, I am actually thinking the Raptors could get into wow. that. I think they'll sneak past the Bucks. And how cool would that be? Kawhi Leonard's with the Clippers versus the Raptors <laughs> in the finals. I don't know. I, maybe I'm. That would be a great story. And ESPN would love that story for the finals. Oh, we'll be hearing for, about it for like two years on ESPN. <laughs> but uh, you know what? I feel like the stars are aligned for that type of matchup. So I'm going Bucks and Clippers. Um, but Jorge, you did mention your podcast. Uh, so friends, uh, who watch sports, sports, sports with Nick Drago will notice Jorge been on the show before Jorge has got his own podcast. Now, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. We also on off the bench, we also talk sports, but there's a lot more hot takes on that, on that podcast. Uh, are you just talking about yourself? I'm just kidding. Well, uh, (laughs) well, (laughs) not his moments, but it's me and, uh, my good friend Roland of over 10 years. We just have lively debates on everything that's going on in the world of sports. We even talk some UFC, and we actually just spoke about the NBA bubble. We have our own episode that just came out, and you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify. All you have to do is type in Off the Bench. 
find the little gamer controller with off the bench at the bottom. <laughs> and you can listen to us on those platforms. And we're also on YouTube with the same image. If you want to have these visual episodes like we have on sports, sports, sports. Mm, that was nice. I like that. <laughs> I'm going to have to check that out. Yeah. Uh, please do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jorge, thanks for joining me on the show. And, uh, I hope you have a lovely NBA bubble and survive the quarantine. I can't wait to start watching NBA basketball again. (laughs) All right. Take care, Nick. All right. Adios. And special thanks, as usual, before we close out the show, to Johanna Drago. She's the content designer, logo editor, and set designer of this podcast. Of course, our social media warriors, Mary Kay and Gary Albert and all the others out there who uh, enjoy listening. Sorry, I got the hiccups, such as uh, Joe Calabro and, uh, well, Jorge's usually one of our social media warriors. He's always liking our stuff. And uh, so thanks again to Jorge for being on the show. Um, Oh, and the music you hear is a song called Golden Sunrise by Josh Woodward. Link to his website can be found in the show notes. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to get to bed because I actually have to go to work tomorrow. And that's never fun. But uh, in the meantime, like, comment, share, Twitter at me, all those fun things. Remember, Sports, Sports, Sports with Nick Drago. That's me. And uh, you can also uh, email me directly, sports3xpodcast at gmail.com. With that, friends, this Hartford Hawk is going to say a jolly good night. Caw-caw!